city of angels is black and gold. You are listening to the Heart of LAFC podcast. And now, Joseph Zacker. Greetings, Los Angeles. This is episode 195 of the Heart of LAFC podcast. We're going to call this one Focus, because if we can focus, others need to focus too. Right? There it is. Mm-hmm. Let me welcome aboard my amazing crew for today. Yes, we're going four wide, people. It's a little dangerous, <laughs> but we're going to do it anyways. Uh, Brendan from Australia. We've got Tony on, and of course, Jonathan Reimer, the man, the myth, and the legend of the Shoulder to Shoulder podcast and so many other things. How are you doing today, sir? I am fantastic. I just want to thank you guys so much for inviting me on the show. What a pleasure it is to be here. Heart of LAFC is a show that I have listened to religiously for years now. Uh, and to be finally joining you guys is an absolute pleasure. I did want to start the show by just giving a quick shout out to my boys over at Shoulder to Shoulder. Uh, of course, Christian, Chris, and sound engineer Wilton, you're the best in the biz. I love you boys. Can't wait to get back behind the mic with you. And for all of you out there, you can follow us at LAFCS2S. But enough shameless self-aggrandizing. Thank you, gentlemen, for having me, Jay-Z. What a pleasure, brother. You can plug all you want, my friend. And I'm sorry for make, putting you through all those episodes over these years. <laughs> Dude, it's uh, honestly, it's an honor to know that you listen to us and that we're a part of it. And to be truthful, Shoulder to Shoulder was probably my first pod outside of Heart of LAFC once I got into the Heart of LAFC. So coming on with you guys was was an absolute blast. And I can't wait for the chance for us to all get back into the studio again for Shoulder to Shoulder because it's a really cool place to hang out. I think, did Bam, did you go there when you were in town? Did you get a chance? No, no, but I have no. done a podcast with him. I, I did, ah. have done a podcast during COVID with him, but I have not had made it into the studio yet. Ah, yes. It's, dude, it is It is a great place. Um, again, when it comes back, I definitely want to come back for you guys and <laughs> jump on as well. It's going to be a lot of fun doing that. Oh, well, we appreciate having y'all. Um, and Tony, hey, brother. I mean, you know, invites right. open. Uh, same goes to everyone out there. I know, you know, look, Shoulder to Shoulder hasn't done an episode in a little while now, and that's just because... Booking guests is really, really hard. Uh, Joseph, as you know all about this, um, we have constantly said to the LAFC community, if you want to be on the show, hit us up. Um, Of the 90-plus interviews that we've done, we've had exactly two people that reached out to us and said, we want to be on the show. Every single other one of those bookings requires emails and phone calls and messages and knocking down (laughs) doors, um, especially to try and get players, front office members. That kind of stuff requires so much effort, and it's just been really difficult in COVID era to try and book guests. So anyone out there listening, you want to be on the show, hit us up. We'd love to have you. All right. I said I wasn't going to plug anymore. And then, and then I did it again. Sorry. Good. I'm telling you, that's why we're here, man. That's why we're here. We're, we're here to promote the community yeah. because the pod fam is legit. The pod fam. All these guys know this. It's, it's, there's a certain code, right? That we all fall under. It is a family heart of LAFC. All of us. It's, it's just classic LAFC community, right? Everybody's tight. So yeah, I had to have you on, bro. There's a long overdue, let's be honest. Uh, of course, he's not the only one on. Tony, how are you doing today, sir? I am doing well. Um, John, I will gladly accept and go whenever you want. I have a pretty open schedule, as anyone knows. It's like, just let me know and I'll push setting things aside. But I'm doing pretty well. 
finally got to watch the game last night when we'll get into that but it was a new experience let's just say when if when things get out let's just say that <laughs> yeah tony's being a little bit modest because his back was to the game the entire entire time mm -hmm. he was he was a uh, capo in training no doubt about that and lighting it up out there so good to you sir for sacrificing in the moment for the good of the future of the 3252 good stuff man and of course brendan talking about guys who have way too much time on their hands right now sadly our brother brendan is is really stuck in how are you doing brother yeah hopefully one more day hopefully one more day um we're supposed to get a lockdown tomorrow whether it happens or not we'll find out tomorrow um but yeah just going day by day finding stuff to do watching our game watching other games watching non-boring games <laughs> this week so <laughs> right yep. at least you have the olympic uh, doctors yeah right that saves yeah. the day doesn't it yeah the olympics yeah it's olympics are on from when i wake up to when i go to bed just on the background while i'm doing stuff as well watched australia lose one nil last night to spain but hey we a point against egypt we go through to the next round so that's all we're looking forward to there it, is. It, is. there it is. There it is. Spain team is really good right now, right? I mean, they just made it to a Euro final. I mean, that team looks pretty good. I mean, it's not the Spain of 10 years ago for sure, uh, but they certainly have looked good of late. They're in form. Oh, yeah, totally. And to be nil-nil with them at halftime was beautiful for us. So we'll happily take a 1-0 loss against them. It's certainly something to build on. It's competitive. There's no doubt. You know, just when you think you get it all figured out, though, I saw, what, Japan beat Mexico? Did this really happen? Yeah. Yep. Right. Yeah. 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 So, uh, home cooking. Let's just call it that. Uh, I'm sure Mexico will bounce back and find their way for certain. Uh, but yeah. yeah. Right. Right. Out of it, like, like, we, like we talked last podcast with our uh, international jerseys. Mexican fans, when it comes to the national team, if they lose to anyone that's not a Euro or Argentina, Brazil, well, Argentina, Brazil, they'll still get the same thing. But if it's not any of those divisions that you, you talk about the LAFC Reddit being bad, the Mexican Reddit, whew, so just I wouldn't want to be a player. Just I would say off that. Yeah, I get it. I totally get it. Totally understood. Uh, U.S. women, of course, stepped up as well. So they're they're back at it. I feel sorry for anyone that plays them from now on because they look angry and it's a good yeah. thing. Yeah. Good times. And then, of course, uh, CONCACAF Gold Cup's going on. The U.S. just got their result at the last possible second to find their way through at, at uh, Jamaica's expense. Canada made it through, so Mark Anthony K is into a semi now. <laughs> he uh, is, right? No, right. I'm, laugh I'm laughing because you know the community about Mark Anthony K, so they're a little I bit know. more excited that that's going to happen. <laughs> It's kind of sad, guys. He wore the armband for how long, right? John, you wanted to jump on in something there. I, it's nice to see so many people in the LA community rooting for Canada. You know, <laughs> to be neighborly for the first time. Um, you know, even if it is a bit tongue in cheek, that uh, the longer they advance, the longer he's away. I think we all love Mac, and we all know Mac is a great person. He just. Um, you know, has this ability to make mistakes at the worst possible time. And it's not that he makes a lot of mistakes. He doesn't make a lot of mistakes. He just makes mistakes that always seem to lead to big opportunities going the other way. And it's 
it's disappointing because he's a player with a lot of talent. You know, I mean, when he first came on our radar, he was USL and his rise. And, you know, we didn't exactly know where that was going to end, but his rise from being an all-star with us and all the potential we saw in him, it's disappointing to see it come back down to earth. And I don't think that's necessarily a permanent place. I think his career still has an opportunity to advance. He's just got to get some of that decision-making to be a little bit quicker and a little more precise when he's pressured in those difficult times. Because when he has the opportunity to build up or the opportunity to see a play in front of him that he needs to stop, he does a really good job when he has that extra second to think about what's going to happen. But And frankly, this could be said of many LAFC players. The split-second yep. decision-making is not refined yet. And maybe that's just a byproduct of they need more games together coming out of a COVID season. But I think we can see, and we'll probably talk about it at length when we discuss this coming mm-hmm. oh, yes. here. But um, there's just that little bit of precision that is not there. And it's not there across the board. And it's causing a lot of big issues that I do not believe are isolated to Mr. K. Yeah, I just think he's kind of a little bit of a scapegoat for everything going on out there. Uh, yes, he's making poor decisions. Do I think it has a lot to do with playtime? I do. I do. Uh, and not being familiar with the new system because he's been away, that might do it as well. So there's a lot of factors into it, but we all know he can get better, and we know he's capable of getting better. It's not like he's a closed book case here. Okay, Mm -hmm. so I'll say that I'm not going to write a player off if they're putting in the full effort, especially if we know they've had better form in the past. Moving on. Let's talk about (laughs) what happened with the guys that are actually home. Right. So first and foremost, I know, guys, we were talking about expected goals of five versus one. And it's going to be this complete shutout. We're going to kill these guys. And I, I remember everybody was so confident coming into this game against Vancouver. It wasn't a matter of if we're going to win. It was a matter of how many we were going to win by. That was a conversation across the board. You go to Christmas Tree Lane, same thing. How bad is this win going to be? Like how, Right? Total confidence. I have a bad feeling maybe this seeped into the locker room beforehand. Just 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 a little bit cuz yeah, we need to talk about this game and we need to kind of have an experience at this moment and a real conversation cuz what I saw was an LAFC football and I'm pretty sure you guys would agree right Tony, would you call that LAFC football? It no. was no, that was I, I don't even know what that was. Let's just Yeah. It, I'll say this we as fans can say whatever we want we'll get crap for it from any other place whatever we have uh, of course being a podcast we have more arenas for people to give us more stuff and but again mm-hmm. they get paid big bucks they can't overlook any game like right that let's just well i'll just put it right there it's right taking the games for granted Exactly. Right. We can say whatever we want. We can be like, oh, yeah, we're going to score this many goals. At the end of the day, they have to go on that field, earn their paychecks, and earn it for us. Exactly. That's how it works. That's what you're fighting for. That's what you're playing for. So let's talk about the cast of characters responsible for the <laughs> performance that we all experienced on the day. Uh, first, the lineup was actually quite different, something different than we're used to. Blackman came in for Segura. And that slid Morillo into the middle, okay? And Farfan was the other center back in the 5-3-2 that we supposedly play, okay? Who are the wings? Edwards, Kim Moon Juan. No shock there. 
no shock at all. I mean, Palacios, I guess, got the start the last time. So there goes that. Uh, other things to look at, basically, everything else is the same, right? Nothing else changed outside of that. So you were looking at a situation where for the first time in a very, very long time, Segura was not our starter back there. Not the guy anchoring things, keeping things organized. Instead, you had Murillo with a couple of our less experienced guys at center back or not experienced, but guys with less play time. So there it is. You are playing Vancouver. If you're shuffling lineups, I get that understood. Bam. What did Vancouver like throw back at us? What was their approach to this match? Who do they bring in? What was unique about their lineup? Well, with the Vancouver approach, um, there was no real surprise. They've been playing the four, three, three for as long as the world's been turning. So again, they brought the four, three, three, um, going by the last episode, last episode that we had, your lineup was on point except for one change they brought in. They left Tilbert on the bench and had um, Alexandre in the mid. Ah, that, yes. The slide up was what you called last game. Which normally he would be a starter anyway, but it's just this season's been a little different for him, right? It has been. It yeah. has been. But no, he, he was able to start, which good on him. He started quite well, actually. So, Right. It was, again, what we were expecting and what we got were very different things, even from their approach to the game, right? There was definitely an attempt to pin back our wingbacks from the beginning. It made sense in what they were going to do to counter what we were doing. And sadly, let's be real, it worked. So I'll give it back to you, Tony. Give us the highs and the lows of that first half. What happened? What went down? (sighs) He's going to cry. Don't cry. Yeah, I know. I'm going to... The lows is, of course, is just like I feel like we were, we were playing well. It wasn't bad, like you know what I mean. It wasn't like we weren't like. I'm not gonna call them out and be like we played horrendous against against Vancouver, but it it just there was a there was a flow to him with this new li- this new lineup that we're trying to do, which again we, I I don't I don't I don't understand like this whole new lineup that we're doing where we just keep. We we keep just moving players around when we're having a system of a consistency, and we we were winning with that consistency. You know what I mean? Portland, of course, that was a hiccup. Whatever Palacios, we got back. That was money. That was a more of a money issue because Palacio is a is a player that we're trying to sell eventually in the long run. So again, go for it. But then to I, I just I just don't think the the defense worked that well because you did have the same casting characters that we usually have adding Blackman, which is a new character, but not in the positions as they usually play. Now, moving forward, the good about it was we still had our fight, which in our grit, in our sandpaper, and that saved us today. We'll get more into it in the next half. But there was still some miscommunication that happened, and we'll get more into it during this first part of this first half and it will just let's just get on with it like honestly yeah i mean honestly in the first half i think the thing that we noticed the most i don't know if you call it poor communication or just poor positional play between blackman murillo and kim moon juan uh, there seemed to be with Blackman, he was get, getting pulled halfway one way or halfway the other but never quite in the right spots you could say and there were a million cases where it seemed like Kim Moon Hwan was definitely pulling back and pulling more central as a result of Blackman getting pulled more into the middle rather than where he was supposed to be. 
And there were a lot of cases where Blacken was making an intercept rather than a contain, you could say. Rather than holding, absorbing, he seemed to be just going right at guys. And, of course, that pulls everything out of whack. And uh, that's kind of the way things led up to the goal, correct? Isn't that where we found our first error? <laughs> yes. Um, honestly, it was... <sighs> It could have been one of like those plays that you can replay back. I'm like, this is why we signed this player. If I just, honestly, for both of them, to be honest, because both of them had a chance at the ball. Romero, if there was a communication, I don't know. I don't. I don't know what happened in that situation. If there was a miscommunication on that, because either as a defender, everyone knows you either push it so far ahead that the, the attacker doesn't hit it or you let it go through and, and trust that your keeper is there. So I think there was some miscommunication there because like Kim, like with his momentum, I think kind of messed it up a little bit. And like afterwards, like I, that was the only thing I saw when I was my, had my back. I just see moon knew um, Kim knew oh, yeah. right. that he messed up. He literally pounded the ground cause he knew he's screwed up. Like it was just, one of those things, but we gave him it. Yeah. Sorry, go for it, it was speed. I think speed was the enemy, which is usually an advantage for him because he saw Blackman shifting into the guy in the middle, right? He's totally going in on intercept. The ball plays out wide, comes in for the cross, and, and Kim is flying into the middle, right into the space where you'd normally see one of our center backs patrolling. He was actually trying to take up that role in an emergency case. Mm -hmm. Sadly, when the pass came across, uh, Romero was doing his job. He had to come out and make an intercept, and he probably would have made the intercept if the ball would have gone through. He probably would have got a piece of it at least. But Kim, at this point, he's lunging. There's no more control at this point. Whatever it hits him, good luck. Maybe he'll go out. Maybe you're going back in your own goal, but you're not sure what it's going to be. He tried to somehow control in the play, and all it did was pretty much pop the ball out for an easy finish for Vancouver. I think one thing I mean, we're not talking about with regards to that first goal is the turnover from Atuesta in the midfield that causes the breakaway to start in the first place. Right. I mean, Atuesta lets a defender get way too close to him, uh, tries something to be a little cute, which occasionally it works for him. Um, but you've got to be mindful of what you have behind you if you're going to let a defender come that close to you to the point where they can swipe the ball from right underneath his nose. And at that time, our quote unquote center backs of, of Farfan and Blackman were trying to fly forward and, and break up that midfield clog so that Atuesta had some kind of outlet. So you could see he was kind of just waiting a minute for those center backs to get forward, but they weren't forward yet. And, and he didn't just move the ball forward out to one of the wings, lob it over, do something, just kick it out of the way or even cycle it back in order to avoid that pressure. So the pressure comes on Atuesta. And so that's where the turnover happens in the first place. And then, you know, look, why is Moon the last man back central defense? I mean, his speed obviously gets him back there. But Farfan and Blackman, you know, when the turnover happens, you know, at this point, because of the system, they've pressed too far forward. And we're basically left with a single center back at this point, Mario. Now, Moon came so close to blocking it. And I think if you look at the replay, it looks like he goes down to slide in and block it. And he just, his foot skips slightly over yeah. the ball. And yeah. that's what, uh, he just missed it. And then, of course, you know, it's it's a simple tap in from that point. But I think it's a byproduct to me of two things. One, of the turnover. And again, that quick split second decision when the defender is on you of, what do I do? Do I release? Do I hold? And he got caught in that thought and was able to have the ball taken from him. And then simply a byproduct of the lineup that Bob put out there 
with Farfan and Blackman as, quote, center backs, but asking them to press forward because the outside passes were just not there. They were clogging up the wings. So that kind of forced us to play centrally, which made it very easy for Atuesta to get his pocket picked at exactly the wrong time. And I don't know if I'm going to hold any of that really on Moon or on the keeper at that point. Uh, I think it's more of a, a system that has those center backs out of place. And, you know, we can hold them accountable for not getting back, but they were probably doing what they were told and pressing forward in that moment anyway. But again, just that split second decision by Atuesta to either get rid of the ball or protect it that didn't happen and cause that turnover. Yeah, absolutely I agree correct. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Damn, go the, for it. The only part, as I told you boys earlier, that I hold against Moon was him cutting in front of Romero. If he went behind Romero between Romero and the attacker, I think Romero would have saved the ball. But sh- seeing what Moon, what Kim Moon One did after he messed up, punching the ground, shows he's got grit, he's got determination, and he hates doing those things. And he will learn from his mistakes. So if that's as much as I can hold against him. Like that made one mistake, he moved on. Everyone moves on. That's where I was at. Very short memory about it because it was the effort that was there. Yeah. He was making up for another mistake on the field for another player's right error and it put him in a position that's not comfortable for anybody and so it happened right things break down that's football it happens uh to a twesta and, and what, what john was saying let's be real he was pretty casual on the night uh his timing wasn't where it needed to be for most of the night i think we can all acknowledge this wasn't a twesta's best performance at all um we can also all, also look at it where our mid has been a little bit casual knowing that they have Segura Murillo behind them to get him out of jail all the time. And in this case, you didn't have Segura to get you out of jail. Could read this coming up. So again, different situation, different communication game goes on. We get into a free kick situation. This was the other situation at hand. Tony, you want to break that down? You want me to just let this rip? It was, it's again, um, set plays. At the end of the game, one of our yep. biggest weaknesses since season one. You know, what I mean, it. If you if you watch the re, watching the replay back, it, it was literally looked like you no. Know, it was just people going through the motions. It was literally he like there, no one was a uh, attacking, no one was watching anything. He literally had a free header, and it just went in. And it, it mm-hmm. it's one of those things where I was just like, I don't, I don't know if technically the first goal affected us besides everyone but i feel like people were just going through the motions thinking like oh we have this blah 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 and it's minnesota but it it, it was it was not it was not lafc football let's just say that i'll say this when the play occurred every one of our defenders except for one was between the defender or between the attacker and the goal mm-hmm. but one yeah which guy was it did you see who it was I didn't say it was that. Blackman yet again. Mm. It was Blackman's man. He 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 busted past him. He didn't see the move. And then he played and catch up. Watch it again. And he's actually chasing. He's chasing the whole ship. Everyone's like this. And Blackman's just slightly out. And you're like, oh, man, he, he missed it. He missed it. He missed the move, missed the step. Uh, and that's why it was a free header. There was one guy that didn't quite hit the step at the right time to contest. And we got into it. Uh, it's a free kick. Things happen. We know the way we defend. None of us are really happy about this. Let's be honest. And it, again, we get burned on a dead ball stuff that, you know, in the playoffs means you get eliminated. So get real, John, jump on. It wasn't that surprising of a location for, I think it was Gutierrez who put the ball in. 
I mean, every single attack they had made at that point had been between two of the three center backs, right? I mean, those particular channels are where virtually all of their offense went. They were not trying to come around the wings and play it back. I mean, they were cutting right in between the center backs. So it, it didn't seem all that surprising that, that that's where the free kick went to. And for not Dahomey to be wide open, um, you know, frustrating, very frustrating. I mean, hats off to him. I mean, he put in a nice header, but... Um, I mean, for him to be completely uncontested, and he didn't even have to jump for it. That was from his flat foot, right? I mean, it's not like he had to go up and get it. I mean, he had all the time in the world to position himself and respond to it, and you just can't keep seeing this kind of inefficiency to defend set pieces over and over and over again without getting frustrated, and I think that's where so many of us are. Um, and in that first half up until this point was was pretty despondent. I, I know we had a few chances. There were a few opportunities created earlier. They had two blocks in a row on a couple shots from, I think it was Sifu and Blackman in the first 10 minutes. There was like a beautiful back heel from Vela to Moon and some other fun stuff that was going on. But none of it resulted really in, in a quality chance. Sifu had that worm burner from out deep, but just, you know, wasn't far enough off the keeper. And for all the opportunities we had, there wasn't a bit of skill in any of that attacking up until that point. So frustrating to see. Totally, totally agreed, without a doubt. Of course, we do slide one back. Tony, you want to explain how that one broke down? Oh, that one was a, I guess that just summed up the night, to be honest. Like we were, yeah. it was a nice through and pass that was. That Vela caught perfectly and just slotted it in like the way he usually does, but then call, got called offsides. And of course, I, I all I see is just like people excited, and we the smoke goes out, and then we see the offsides, and then all, the next thing I see is you, you and Fresco literally boxing it up really quickly going for the VAR and just started doing this. And yeah. Was like, yeah. yeah. Like, come but on, man. It, it goes to VAR and it was a goal, but that was, that's what we're, that, that goal was what we're used to. We, what our new system has been creating is those openings to get that nice through pass, which we know we can do and getting those nice sweet goals that we have. And that's like, again, that was us coming back with our grit. Our, the new, the new, um, I, well, I can't even, the new like, example of what LAFC is is sandpaper, sandpaper. As we'll keep right, saying, more grit, oh, more edge. I, I, you know, credit the false run. Right, there was another run that went through that wasn't the target that threw off their defense. That, mm -hmm. that did happen on that play, and it, yeah. it was a good finish, good play. Vela held where you're supposed to hold, so. To me, it was it was textbook. That's what they're supposed to do. So it looks like we had promise. We go to halftime. Cool. I can only imagine how entertaining the locker room was at half because we saw the product of whatever happened in that locker room in the 46th minute. Right, Tony? So yeah. what? Yeah. Do you want to explain all these substitutions? Because this was a uh, this was crazy. <laughs> I don't have the substitutions in front of I'll me, so you can write them out if you. Yeah, but yeah, the only thing, like, like as you as you say before, the only thing that goes for it is just like I think Bob was just being a dad and being angry at at like it was like an ASO game where like I'm taking all you guys out, you don't deserve to play kind of thing. You know what I mean? He was not happy with I'm some players. So just, I'm looking at John. At John and he is, 
Go, John. I know you know these. Go, John. So, oh, yes. I, I, I got them here. Yeah. Uh, so, Segura comes in for Blackman. I think all of us sigh of relief when we saw that. Uh, Palacios in for Farfan, which meant we went to a back four, which, um, you know, you finally brought the personnel in to maybe execute the back three by bringing Segura in. But then we changed to the back four. Uh, you could see Bob was clearly interjecting some of his frustration there. Uh, Baird uh, comes in for Edwards, which. Well, we'll talk about him when we get to the second half here. And then Janela in for Blessing as well, too, which really took a lot of energy out of that midfield as well, too. Janela uh, and Blessing do not operate with the same level of intensity at all. And so that let off in intensity, I think, was was a bit of a was a bit frustrating for us as uh, when it came to trying to build out of that midfield where we'd had so much frustration in the first half. Yeah. The, right. the only person I could say has the same intensity as Blessings is Edwards. The way Edwards has been playing the last couple of games has been a carbon copy of Blessing. I would make an argument for Moon as well, too. Um, Moon Wan, excuse me. Um, I, I definitely think that he plays with a Blessing-like intensity at times. Oh, no, we, we, we totally agree with, with what you're saying. It's like the community at the moment from like – I'm like always go on Reddit just because I know it's like not the place, but I just kind of want to get the. F- I know, I know, I know, I know, but I just want to <laughs> get the like. I just want to get the feel of like what people are saying and what people. It's the same thing with Twitter, but it's no one's really going after him. It's more of Edwards, which is I feel that's more of the non-soccer people who don't know what Edwards is bringing to the table. You know what I mean? Because I, I I'll put this out there. It's like, do we? If we if Palacio starts, Edward Edwards is still there. Same with Segura and and then Kim, and then Moon or Kim Kim Moon Wan. It's like I feel that would be a better system than when Blackman because I feel back Blackman. I don't know what's going on with Blackman in his head because I feel like this whole new change of the system is messing with him and I think messing with his confidence. You know, I think his lack of playtime. To be honest, he's just rusty. There's a certain intensity you play at when you play all the time. He's not getting that. He's not getting the, you can train forever. That's not a game situation. He's not getting the game situation. So he's got to adjust every game to get into speed with everybody else. It's an issue. And any center back at that, like, yeah, that's tough. It's a tough ask to do at this point, Uh, especially on a team that designed themselves to counter exactly what we were doing. And you got to give Vancouver credit for that for sure. Yeah. Um, Edwards, like I said, I've been really happy with what Edwards, Edwards has done as well. I think where everybody gets mad is the finishing that he does sometimes, and sometimes the distribution seems way out there. And my reminder to everybody is, dude, he was there to make the mistake. Others wouldn't even be in position. And, and defensively, where has he been a liability? He hasn't. And those who you're talking about replacing him have shown for at least three or four games this season to be an absolute liability at times in the back. So... Be real. What hurts you more, defensive liability or a couple of shank shots? I'll take the shank once in a while, right, and and move on. Um, go, John. <laughs> I, I when the entire team is passing at eighty to eighty-one percent, pretty much every game, pretty much every player it means four out of five passes are going through. But that one out of five, and when you're playing. Bob's little tiki taka, maybe it's an LA version, tiki lala, if you will, style of, of football. It requires more than five passes in order to score a goal. And if you're only mm-hmm. hitting on four out of those five passes, 
then it's the passes at the end you're going to find the most frustrating. The passes in the buildup that break down, you're like, okay, well, that's just part of buildup. It seems like those are easier to take. So I don't mm -hmm. think anyone on the team is, is a world-class passer at the moment, but we seem to focus on what's happening at the front of the midfield and with the forwards a little bit more or when our outside backs are further forward. It's those passes that you seem to remember more because you were just one pass away from the goal opportunity, whereas when things break down in buildup, we don't seem to call it out as much. I think the guy for being as young as he is and as new to the system as he is has acclimated himself really well. And I have a lot of hope that he's going to be a big piece in 2022. But I think for the rest of this year still, it's going to be a while before they all get on the same page and that passing percentage is up to something closer to what we're used to seeing from LAFC in the 87% range when we typically dominated. Exactly. You know who, who you know who is passing at that 90 plus range? Latif Blessing, the guy you took out at halftime. Yep. So if the guy that's distributing the best consistently <laughs> over the last six games is the guy you decide to take out for a guy that technically is more of a defensive midfielder or a holder. Or a placement. Okay. Yeah, you, you might run into issues. And and I will say this, and I'll throw the stats before we get to the end of second half here, but simply put our expected goals on the day were 0.99. I know we scored two, but it was 0.99. You know what our expected goals were in the second half? 0.33. We dropped off in the second half. Yes, I know the goal fell, right? We tied it up. But what you were creating chance-wise, the stuff that brings it, it dropped off because of the substitutions. I'm sorry, but it did. We were not a better team in the second half. There was not an improvement. Yes, we got a goal. It was a cracking goal from Sifu. A killer goal. One of those goal of the week types. But it was against the grain. It was a play to the top of the box and not, typically goes into the 32-52 from that angle. Instead, he, <laughs> he hung it. So he went against the expected goals with that kind of a finish, right? That's not a typical finish. Uh, that's over the top goal of the week stuff. So there you have it. Other than that, let's be real. Any of you guys right now, throw it to me. What other chances in that second half or build up in that second half? You're like, oh, here it's coming. It's coming right now. Did you ever have that feel that, all right, we right, got, we them, got now. them now. There were a couple opportunities created coming out of the midfield. Moon had a couple good passes coming forward. Mario took a couple long shots, but Corey Baird was at the end of all of the big opportunities that did not manifest anything throughout the course of the second half. It clearly seemed like, and it was nice to see refreshing that they were finally attempting to use his pace to some extent, something that has been frustratingly exempt from his abilities so far. And I think if you just look at this season from a player attribute standpoint, the biggest frustration or the biggest letdown is where's Corey Baird's speed. And we were all told when we signed him that, oh my gosh, this guy's just going to run past everybody. Route one balls over the top. No problem. Um, that was rarely attempted, and when it was, either he could not bring the ball down or the pass just didn't make it to him. And so there was potential four or five different times in my game notes where we had good buildup, but unfortunately the ball came to Corey, and he just wasn't the substitution for the moment. And maybe, you know, maybe LAFC fans are now clamoring for Raito, who'd have seen that coming. But, um, <laughs> you know, for whatever it was on the night, he just he just didn't have it. I never clamor for Raito, but <laughs> there was one person clamoring no. for Raito. 
Oh, in the thir- in the thirty two fifty two, there was signage. Yes, yes, there was. There was. There's one. There's a couple uh, people. But. There are a couple of people. But I'll say this: now you know why we're having rumors about a new striker coming. That's pretty much almost confirmed and almost ink dry. Right? We're talking about this because you just saw on the night why we need somebody out there that can finish a ball. Because if you got somebody like that player, this game's a three two. No question. We win this game 3-2. As ugly as the game was, you need that guy for the spark, and this is that's that's where it's at. So on the night, was anybody so totally happy? No, but it was nice to get a point rather than lose all three again because they did have a chance, right? We thought we lost oh, the game again, God. and it did get called back, right? Thank, Thank the Lord. I know I was praying, you know, and I, and I laugh. I think the highlight of the night was, was the boys from Ted Lasso in the section. Um, that's how you know the night went. So there it is. Uh, which dude, you guys football is life. Football is life. LAFC is life. Rich is life. Yes, um, it was fun having him come in. But really, that that kind of was the the highlight outside of the seafood goal and you know them throwing beer at everybody, which is pretty freaking cool. Uh, but yeah, that's kind of how the night went, right? It was it was those little things that we got to celebrate because the overall wasn't something that we could really honestly celebrate. So, um, just, just thoughts. Okay. We had 10 shots. Only five were on goal. They had five shots, three on goal. It's called efficiency people. Uh, possession. Yeah. We out possessed, not by a whole lot. Passing was at 80. Yes. Uh, Vancouver out fouled us. They have more yellow cards. They actually beat us in duels, which we were winning in every game in the lead up to this. They won that one 52 to 47. So there's your big difference right there. That's something we got used to doing and we didn't get done in this match real uh corners five five so there it is with the run of play now for them vancouver was a 0.93 in expected goal so it was almost the same on the day this is how much of a bummer second half their point they were 0.11 in the second half again this game eh, yeah one to forget something i'm not going to want to watch on the dvr or replay anytime soon i've seen enough i'm moving on <laughs> uh john where are you at your takeaway from this thing so let's take the result out of it because I think we all feel like this is points dropped. At home, this is a team we absolutely should have claimed three points against. So mm-hmm. going forward, what are my big takeaways from this match? Well, there are a couple things. Uh, a stat you didn't mention, and I don't have right in front of me, but I know that attempted crosses was like 10 times on their part. And when you look at their second yeah. goal, it is once again LAFC's inability to compete with the aerial battles. We don't have the tallest of players since Zimmerman left. And other teams are clearly attempting to take advantage of height when it comes to, you know, their set piece. It goes against some of our shorter players, right? I mean, it goes to that side that Moon is on. Uh, Blackman should have crossed over for sure. But still, they're attempting to take advantage of the fact that LAFC have struggled so far this year to get in the air. And the fact that they had so, so many crosses coming in clearly showed that they thought that was something they could take advantage of. So our our continued inability to compete with some of these teams in the air uh, is something that I find concerning, uh, especially going into the next couple matches where we play teams that are better at that. The other thing for me, and I know we attempted short corners this time, and we are just not creating chances off of set pieces, whether it's a free kick or whether it's a corner. I have more concern than optimism in those moments that we are going to get caught coming back the other direction than I have any belief that we are going to put a quality shot on. 
And I just see far too many corners and set pieces that don't result in a shot or at least some quality offensive actions happening. It just seems like when we play the short corner, we just kind of cycled around and nothing happened. And when we try and actually play corners, it's it's even more awful to watch than that. And those, those two things are, are really my biggest takeaways from this match. Yes, we saw some personal moments of brilliance that kept us in this. But frankly, those are things we've come to expect from the Velas, the Rossies, the Sifus, the Moons of the world. We've seen their brilliance. We expect that to show up. But some of these structural issues, right, we mentioned in the first half our issue with the three center backs. But throughout the game, the inability to compete for balls in the air, unless your name is Mario, and the inability to do anything from set pieces is really concerning for me. And, and it was nice to see a new idea in this game with some short corners. But let's be honest, if you have Vela and Rossi in the corner and that's how you're starting, that's probably not your best offensive mentality. You could see they switched that up a little bit later with some of the other corners, but it, it just never, ever yields anything offensively. And that's really frustrating to watch, especially when you see teams very laxadaisically playing the ball out because they're not worried about what we're going to do on a corner. No. Um, and that concerns me going forward. Are those the, my two biggest takeaways from this match, um, aside from the little inky details throughout the course of it? On the bright side, though, we didn't give up a goal off of one of our own throw-ins. Hey. 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 Where's Marvin? Um, I, where's <laughs> Marvin? Where are you at, brother? So uh, to support John's point, they made 22 cross attempts. We're only successful twice, but 22, well, we only had four. Okay, so we have a system with wingbacks and you manage four crosses on the day. What? Yeah, that's bad. That's bad football, people. Um, and then the duels, you mentioned the aerials. We actually did win more aerials by two, but there weren't a whole lot of them. So that was kind of strange. Um, and yeah, nothing long from us. Everything was short. That's just what I'm what I'm getting on the back end. Um, out, out physical, out everything, you name it. It, it just. Well, it didn't feel like the other nights. That's for sure. Bam, final thoughts on this match before we can respectfully move on. <laughs> um, again, my betting account took a hit from the match, but that's all right. Um, as you were saying, the corners, we just got to work with the corners, get more set pieces going. It's just hard when every every game, there's over eight, nine corners minimum, and we're just not getting anything from them. So... Take a point, move on to the next one. Just forget about it. Wake up. You got a better team to play this week. A really good team to play. We'll talk about that in a few minutes. Uh, Tony, final thoughts before we move on to everyone else, our crew, everybody commenting tonight. We'll throw you guys on here right in a few seconds as well. We got a point. I'm happy. At least we got a point out of it. Could have came out of it with nothing. There's some... The only... the question is: Is just Bob needs to control his, his, his emotions, and we're all emotional. And it's the whole thing. But as, as the leader of the whole locker room, he's just he has to know when, when to to do things and stuff like that. And the other, the only other thing is just a minimal thing. Just like I'll, I'll just put this out there. It's just, I know we we put the stat in of like goals we should have scored in every game because that's what we're supposed to do. You know what I mean? Mm-hmm. Let them let people know what our chances is like. I know it's like a weird stat to have, but it just puts in their head like what we are, should be doing and 
what we're missing moving forward with, again, our rumored, not rumored, confirmed, not confirmed player that's coming in that could help us. Exactly. Exactly. Now, uh, I like that you mentioned, you know, the rant that Bob made after this game about intensity. I really wish he did that against Portland in post game. Talking about focus instead of talking about freaking grass because you let everybody off the hook when you did that when it shouldn't have. It should have been a serious conversation of closing out a game when you need to close out a game because what a shock. It was a header in, in the middle. Like, same thing. And we see it again now. A header in the box. What a shock. Why? Because we're not talking about it, right? We're talking about grass. So you can yeah. be mad this week, but you let him off the hook last week. Congratulations on that. Uh, there's my final hot take. Let's move on to everybody else because <laughs> there, there's some cool stuff everybody's talking about. I know I could go all night with this stuff. Uh, let's see. Gomez Jr. So he's already moving on, right? Yeah. I, I like it. I like you, Gomez. There you go. So he goes, if Rossi is sold and Chicho comes aboard, do we stay with the 5-3-2 formation with Vela and Chicho up front, or do we go with a 4-3-3 Vela, Chicho, and Rodriguez? You see Jonathan nodding down there. I am agreeing with Jonathan. Bob loves the 4-3-3 to a fault. And if Uh he can build a system around that, he will do so. I've heard from plenty that... What we're seeing right now is a temporary remedy because of the talent that we have. He's being pragmatic, but at the end of the day, if he has the pieces that he wants, it will be the 433 because that is the system that he prefers. And I'm saying right or wrong, guys, it's philosophy. That's yeah. how it works in Bob's system. Not a right or wrong. If you have the right tools for the job, the 433 is great. You just need the right tools for the job. Uh, cool take by Gomez. All right. Uh interesting is k a possession sub now for those games where we need to just hold the ball and waste time but even then him holding the ball is scary i honestly hot take don't know where k fits at this point i don't i don't bob thinks he fits but i'm not sure where he fits right now because we're not sure what the system's going to be by the time he comes back home bam looks like you're chomping at the bit fire away brother <laughs> with the way he's going for Karen at the moment, do we try to sell him now? Mm-hmm. If he's not fitting, get some cap space. Send him. What if he goes to Toronto? They're they're on the bottom of, of everything right now. They need a lot of shakeup, and that's home for him, right? Near home. Send him to Miami. Don't do that to him. I, 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 I like I, I like Martin Anthony K. He's a good man. I wouldn't do that to him. No, yeah. uh, don't <laughs> he, he, I, if we go back to the four three three, he fits in Bob's system. That fits because that's like mm-hmm. like K is to how much people hate him. He fits that system to to Bob's understanding, and that's why K is there. You know what I mean? That's why we picked him up in season one when we get picked up Bob because. Bob loves the way K plays in the 433 system. Again, statistically wise, K is perfect for this. Mistake yeah. wise, and what people see is not the greatest, but that's what happens again. People only see that one big mistake and you're chastised for it forever. But K statistically is good for it. I'm not trying to be a K apologist or anything like blah, blah, blah. No. It, it's, it's just, this is what it is. Again, if we went by hot takes, Every day there'd be so many, so many coaches, so many players gone. From you'd every... tear this whole team apart if you really yeah. broke it down to that. 
Exactly. Right. So. If you if you were putting the microscope like you do on K on every other guy in this lineup, even Vela would be getting fire right now. Exactly. So. Right. So it's it's kind of it's tough it's to tough. see that the hot. Yeah. Go, go for John. it, John. Who would you rather have coming in as a sub, K or Janela? Right. Okay. 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 Um, so yes, he still has the place in this team. Maybe it's not in the starting eleven right now, with the way Sifu's playing, with the way Blessing's playing, with the Twesta still being here for the time being. Um, but if we sell a piece out of that midfield, most likely a Twesta, uh, you need K. And and frankly, mm-hmm. given you know Janela just doesn't seem to be fully fit yet from whatever happened over the course of the last year. Um, he just doesn't have the pace. You know, he's, he's constantly not able to keep up with other players. Uh, and when, you know, he's on a breakaway, it, it allows the other team to be able to get forward. And so for right now, uh, I'm rating K over Janela, and we need him in case a Twesta goes. So K absolutely has to stay unless you've got something else coming in or you're seeing something in Las Vegas that I'm not. Yep, yep. <laughs> yeah. the, the other point I'll bring up, has K been getting more flack since Rodriguez went overseas? I'll yeah, say I, he is. Well, I think K's... Sorry, go for, go for me. I'll come after you. Because everyone was on Rodriguez. He was a big name, big star, supposed to do this, that, and, all, and everything. He didn't perform, so all the hatred was going towards him. Since he went overseas, everyone's had to find a new person to pick on. And unfortunately, that's been K. And when K's not around, it's Raheem. Mm-hmm. Right. I, I, and before that, you go back to our goalkeepers, right? Yeah. The seasons before, they got to be the focus of all the conversation in the Twitter world, Facebook. There always seem to be a certain place where everybody's just, I'm focusing on that because it sounds like it makes sense. Let's go there. It's not going to solve all your problems. Yeah. yeah, it's rough. It's rough. You know, just support your side. I don't think it helps them any, you know, go in that direction all the time. That's for certain. Uh, yeah. You know, no, nobody can nobody can question Kay's dedication to the club. That's impossible. He bleeds yeah. for it. We know that. Same like Harvey, right? You know the guys that fight for this and really believe in it and want to be here. Yeah. So I have a hard time going after people hard when I know that they're really putting the effort in. Uh Roberto Espinoza, we need someone willing to shoot as well as Rossi takes one too many touches. Sifu shoots. <laughs> that was I beautiful. Like, I felt like we were taking more shots, though, to be honest, outside the box. You know what I mean? That's like been our biggest weakness is just taking shots mm-hmm. outside of that box. Inside the box, like literally anyone would take it. But outside the box, that was our, our has been our biggest weakness for the past three seasons. But this season, I feel like we've been actually like trying to to like change it up a little bit. So. I don't know about that one, that one, but we're getting some goals. Yeah, we are getting some goals from outside the box now, which is a different thing. Play teams can't play as deep on us anymore. That whole low block, right? Exactly. Not as well anymore. Uh, Moving on. We see if his goal, if he didn't go in the net, he probably killed Jimmy. The way he hit that. (laughs) Or me. (laughs) Yeah. Yeah. Somebody in our area was going to get it. That's for sure. A bureau could go flying. It'd be great. Uh, Just insanity. There it is. Uh, LSC Lex, one of our players went on IG Live today saying he was sad and crying about missing his family. Bob talks about our players lacking intensity and energy, uh, but... When our players are... When our players... Mm-hmm. Yeah, when our players, players are feeling this way, how can they bring that intensity? 
We need every game to win. Bob needs to really bring this team together. Uh, and he, he's got a little bit more. Uh, I can't remember the last time we scored a header off a corner kick. All right, cool. So, uh, do you did you guys see who that player was? Because I did not. Yep. Who? I, I, I caught Hell's blessing. Ah, okay. Uh, okay. Well, if we had to guess, that would have been our guess. Um, you know, frustratingly, I still think Blessing's wife has not received a visa to come with him to the United States. Um, he's been married, you know, virtually for a few years now. And as important as Blessing is to this team, he somehow hasn't been able to secure that particular visa for his wife to come over here. And I, I can't imagine for a young footballer with everything that they go through mentally and physically uh, to be in a completely different country uh, and to not have that kind of family around you to to be missing your wife constantly is is terrible. And there's so many things this LAFC community has been able to band together and do. Our players don't have blue check marks. We get them blue check marks. I think the next battle of the LAFC community is is reunite the blessing family. Uh, what can we do to get blessings wife over here to California? Uh, the man deserves to be with his family. Um, I'm, I'm going to save myself from going on a tirade about immigration and immigration law. <laughs> uh, it's absolutely insane to me that a player as essential to the fabric of Los Angeles as Latif is, and he is not viewed by our government as someone who deserves to have their wife here is just sickening. Uh, so reunite the blessing family. Hashtag it. Let's make it happen. I couldn't say it any better, John. Well done, brother. Uh, back to Blessing. He's one of the guys he took out at halftime, right? Right after the half. Yeah. And went after for intensity. And the next day, this is what Blessing is going for. There's something wrong there. Something not adding up, guys. Uh, that's not good. That's not a good take by anybody at this point. Uh, we just, you know, pray for Blessing, his wife, and hope that this gets fixed because, yeah, it's too much. Too much. Well said, John. Uh, let's move to the next. Uh, let's see. Gomez Jr. Oh. Before we go, go, Uh that one to answer LAFC uh, Flex or Lex's comment is probably when we had Zimmerman was last time we probably scored around uh, corner kicks and stuff like that. I think Murray got one during the pandemic, right? Yeah, still in the pandemic, I know, but during the empty stadium phase, I think Murray got one, right? Yeah, but like I guess I think it's like once we lost Zimmerman was kind of like the last time we've like kind of like we're strong in the corner kick setup plays felt confident right going yeah, in exactly for sure <laughs> i like this one gomez jr i vote to nickname murillo el monstro murillo i love murillo man he's he's such a great signing for us he has his moments but gosh I, I just love yes he has that energy but he also has that bit of finesse to give off a decent pass after when you think he's just going to clear the darn thing yeah. it's beautiful to watch it really is he, he really <laughs> has a chance for defensive player of the year i, I think he has a solid chance um, I mean, obviously, the system and the partnership around him uh, sometimes aren't, you know, to his best interest. But I definitely think he has the ability, if not this season and the coming seasons, to be a defensive player of the year easily. Oh, he's playing into yeah. it. That's for certain. Tony, you want to say something? I don't know. I was just. Oh, I had saw the red light go on. I'm like, oh, he's got the red light on. <laughs> oh, there no, no, is. no. No. So if, if I push the button right. You guys can't hear me, so I just it's just me not trying to like burp and like not get that onto anything, so you guys don't have to hear that. That's why so, I the red light was so dramatic. I'm like, 
it's like drop dropping the mic right like yeah no yeah no no it's just Tony's when got, you, yeah when you ever see the light off it's me muting it because something's going on in the background or i'm trying to like not have like extra moment while people are talking so that's why so i don't even worry about it <laughs> gomez jr just he chimes in the some call someone call toronto fc please oh there <laughs> it is there you <laughs> go uh gomez jr says uh chicho is known for shooting outside the box he's what we need yeah i i agree i think all of us here from everything we've heard this is the guy legit just just hope that that it pays off for sure there's, there's a rumor going around with him about with santos right now um i don't again it's again rumor mill you never know but um benefica is trying to get a player from santos and they don't want to give him up and they kind of want to technically replace him with a uh, Christian. So it, it there's like this, some like weird rumor mill, but it's like with all the, but again, we have so much confirmation that he's coming this way. So I don't see him going there, but just this to keep is why me- I tell dude, you're saying it right now. This is why I say you don't talk about player numbers until the hat box. See, Jonathan said, sees that I say this. Don't talk about it. Ink's not dry. Don't talk about it. Ink's not dry. Why? Because in the 11th hour, an agent can pull stuff. Exactly. And it's so going to cost you more money if you're talking about it. So this is Chatter why it costs money. Yeah. This is why I'm sorry, Johnny. I don't know. You're fine. You're fine. You're, you're good. Like I said, like, I just, I just want to bring this up because I just saw that recently. And just like, I just wanted people to understand like, like, yes, Chicho is going to be perfect for us, but like that rumor does not help us. And again, remember like the thing that you brought up earlier is Benefica and Melianos are going to get a cut from when they sell them. So that means we have to deal with two clubs. So if Santos, if Benefica wants that Santos player, they might just be like, you know what? This, this, this isn't it. This, we want this player more than we want. When we want to do this with this, let's do this. You know? Yeah. I mean, you got to think about it. There's one thing to sign a contract. Then you got to get the transfer papers. Then you got to deal with immigration. It's the States people. Yeah. There's a process here until that process is all figured out. It's best not to rumor mill anybody, right? You got to know things are pretty certain. Again, hat box is the greatest way to say it. Uh, let's hope that's not the case. Let's hope it's just, you know, speculation from an agent or something exactly. that happens all the time. Just ask Brian Rodriguez and his agent. Um, <laughs> things happen. Yeah. So Gomez Jr. says, yo, but can we have Sifu slow down a bit? We need, we don't want him sold at the same time as a Twesta. Hey, you know what? If they get us an MLS Cup, I'm okay. Sell everybody. We got an MLS Cup. Let's move forward. I don't care. Play the best games of your lives. Get us a cup this year. Y'all can go wherever you please. We'll have a cup in hand, and that's really what matters. So it's the football that always wins, people. Like John, John's just shaking. Yep. Yep. Yeah. It's okay. I'll take an off season for a cup. I couldn't agree more. I couldn't agree more. (laughs) Let the kid play his tail off. Right. And if all the big clubs in the world are coming, barking at us, I mean, we've said this before, we'll say it again. Every big sale makes the next transfer in all that much easier for a club like ours. So please, please Sifu go take the world, you know, light it all on fire. Um, Let's, let's love while we get to see, you know, while we have it. Exactly. Exactly. That's how it is. All right, guys. Thank you for your comments. Let's move on. I know we we stuck for a while on this. Actually, a long time on this one, but it was worth it. Let's be honest. We had we had to get through the pain of all of it. So, uh, moving on. <laughs> Gomez Jr. I retract my message. MLS Cup for the win. Boom. See, I told you. I told you. 
All right. So uh, transitioning on, guess what? We're getting into community news, people. Yes, we're going to fly through this and get into the preview, but here we go. All right. So, uh, bam, what's going on in the community? What have you heard, sir? Uh, the biggest one I've heard is uh, this game coming up and at the last game, uh, sports equipment drive. New and gently used equipment. Um, they'll have collection bins outside the stadium, outside the northwest, north, northeast, and southeast gates. Um, you've got some old equipment you're not using that's still in quite good shape. The club will happily take them and donate them to causes out there. There we go. Good stuff. Good stuff. Uh, and then, Jonathan, we need somebody to pray for right now, right? Well, I mean, aside from blessing, I mean, definitely, mm-hmm. um, I would say, uh, you know, Forza Max, right? Um, something we probably should have started the show with. But uh, as uh, everyone probably knows at this point, Mr. Max Bredos has been diagnosed with COVID. He is fully vaccinated, thank goodness. So hopefully this passes without incident. Um, but certainly our hearts go out to him. Max, we love you, brother. We can't wait to your back. Can't wait uh, to hear you call in another game. And hopefully your lungs are great so we get a nice big old long yes next time he's back. So that's what we're all rooting for. So in the meantime, Forza Max, brother, uh, we can't wait to get you back. Yeah, Heck I yeah, definitely I need you, him Max. to commentate games. <laughs> maybe that was the issue right there you go there it is we didn't have max in house only in spirit we love you max we can't wait to have you back um i know he was fully vaccinated he was one of the biggest proponents of getting vaccinated and it stinks that he got hit with a breakthrough which tells all you guys breakthroughs are real wear your masks when you're indoors follow the protocols one step closer i'm not gonna rant for five years i promise tony but no, no, I'm, I'm no. I, I was gonna say we can make a whole podcast about that. This rant, like, yeah. let's just be honest. Like me and you, we 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 can just keep going on and on about this. But I just that's that's why my smiling was. It wasn't like about like let's keep going on with this. Dude. It's it's we can make a whole podcast about that. I like my students healthy and not having to deal with this anymore and not having exactly. the panic of this while they go to school. It'd be really nice. So, do your part, guys. It's your civic duty. Make it happen. Uh, cool. So, uh, Jonathan, I wanted to talk to you about a few things. One, of course, I know we mentioned a little bit about shoulder to shoulder. When are we looking to see maybe the next episode? What do you think? What's the potential? Uh, for that? We do have guest book for, I believe, two or three weeks coming up now. Um, obviously, things have been in a little bit of challenge because uh, Chris has been in Colorado finishing up his mm-hmm. master program for the past few weeks. Christian has a brand new baby at home and I am in a career transition. So all of our lives are kind of caught at a nexus at the moment. Uh, But fortunately, my time has freed up. Um, So I'm really trying to get out there and and keep preaching the shoulder to shoulder word. I know we have a couple interviews lined up and we've really discussed um, as it's becoming more and more difficult as we approach 100 episodes to continue to get guests. uh, What are we going to do on weeks where we don't get guests in order to keep putting some content out there? So we're brainstorming at the moment exactly what we want to do that doesn't step on the toes of what's already happening. We're going to try and find some new content to bring to you guys. But in the meantime, anyone who wants to be on the show, hit me up. You can email me, Jonathan at LAFCS2S. Uh, I would love to book another guest Anytime you guys want to come on and talk some football, you let us know. Obviously, you know, Bam and Joe have been on the show before as well, too. They can speak to the experience. Uh, we have a lot of fun. It's it's a different angle than, than what you're getting from the rest of the LAFC community. It's more about talking about the people that make up this community and your story. You don't have to be 
the most important person in the LAFC community to have a story that touches your life and could touch others with regards to LAFC. So shoulder to shoulder, we'll be back. Um, it's never going to be a show that you're probably going to get a routine every single week from because that's just not the nature of an interview show. But um, we'll still be hanging around and we'll still be bringing interviews. And uh, we are on the cusp of putting out our 100th episode. So we're going to have some fun with that. Sounds like John Thorrington's going to come back for episode 100. Uh, so we might yeah. have JP. We yes. might have some LAFC Rich. We might have a few other members of the community come back around. But uh, we'll still be there for you. And when the community needs that voice of the people, that's what Shoulder to Shoulder is here for. And the one things I love about our episodes is the interview portions of those episodes are in a time capsule. You can go back and listen to episode 10 and it's just as relevant as episode 90 once you get past the recap portion of the show. Um, and it's really interesting sometimes to go back and look at those numbers and see how a show from two years ago can all of a sudden get 100 listens in a week that you're like, how the, what? Um, because some <laughs> of those stories are timeless and it, that's a really cool part of the show. But please hit us up if you want to be on it. But S2S will be back for sure. Uh, we should be at the next tailgate as well to selling scarves, which we donate to charity. Uh, we have a gray scarf. 100% of the proceeds go to the LAFC Foundation. We have a gold scarf. 100% of the proceeds go to Watt Sticks and the Think Watts Foundation. Um, so I will be back at Christmas Tree Lane next tailgate selling some scarves if y'all are interested. Uh, we actually, I think, donate a dollar per scarf. Uh, we don't make any money after cost. Every single penny goes to those charities. So looking forward to seeing you guys all back out there on the lane. And, and hopefully you can continue to support us uh, as the boys here at Heart of LAFC have, to which I'm very appreciative. Thank you. All love, my brother. Good stuff, man. Uh, and speaking of charities, I mean, you have been heavily involved with charity, doing everything possible. Again, building up the community. Um, the trip to Leon probably is the highlight, which I did want. I definitely wanted you to bring up and talk about your work with Global Diplomatic because the Aguirre's, I mean, you know, they're saints. So I wanted to hand that to you is in terms of their charity work. Um, what else should we be looking for and, and how can we help? I would highly recommend if you are not following Global Diplomatic and their efforts within the LAFC community and the global soccer community. Um, the Aguirre family, uh, Carlos, all of them, absolutely wonderful people. They have such a giving and caring heart and have been a part of so many wonderful, wonderful charity events. Just recently, we had the drive that Global Diplomatic partnered with District 9 Ultras, partnered with Shoulder to Shoulder Podcast, and most importantly, the LAFC SoCal Youth Organization in order to do uh, food and cosmetic drive, um, you know, in order to have those kind of basic needs items for the community in our most recent matches out to Utah. And when they came here as well, too, there was sandwich drives attempting to create food, uh, sandwich donations to those who are without food here in the L.A. community. But, you know, it doesn't matter where we go. The folks from Global Diplomatic want to help out wherever we go as well, too. Uh, case in point, our trip down to Estadio Leon um, and the work that we did with a local orphanage there. That was one of the most powerful experiences of my life to be able to bring these kids who live in an orphanage three blocks from the stadium and have never in their lives got a chance to go see their home team play. As big as the culture of football is in Mexico uh, and as much horrific things as these poor kids have been through in their life, hearing their stories was heart-wrenching, uh, graphic, really, really intense stuff. These poor kids have had to endure at such a young age to be able to go down there, 
bring them toiletries, bring them backpacks full of supplies and blankets and stuff to give them tickets to the game and to see the look on their face when those kids got tickets to that game, the videos of them in the stands, those kind of things last forever. Uh, the impact we had on those kids' lives was absolutely amazing. And it is all thanks to the folks at Global Diplomatic. I know they have something in the works for the All-Star Game that's coming up as well, too. Looks like it is going to be another non-perishable food and toiletry item drive as well, too. So for specifics on that, you can certainly follow Shoulder to Shoulder's account, District 9 Ultra's account, and Global Diplomatic's account as all of us tend to be an echo chamber for everything that Global Diplomatic is doing because the Aguirre family are just absolutely amazing people and constantly looking to do what's next mm -hmm. uh, to, to help the community. Really amazing stuff. So uh, pay attention. I think the next big event is going to be focused around the All-Star Game and trying to bring all these various MLS franchises together to do some good for the community. That'll be huge. I can't wait for us to also feature it as well and promote anything that they need because... Again, people are doing the right things and doing it as, as well as they do, where it's really it's bridging communities, countries, let's be real, and yeah. the football community on an international level. It, it's all good things. And even, you know, they're even doing it between clubs and MLS now, or they're going back and forth. I know Salt Lake was one that they were involved with. You were involved with that as too, right? Yeah, so Shoulder to Shoulder really helped get out some of the information and tried to help organize against sandwich drives um, and just uh, trying to collect food for those who, uh, you know, are going without meals right now, which is uh, it's a difficult thing to think of in our country as much as it has going for it that we still have people who can't eat. Right. Um, so hats off to the Aguirre. They they do ninety nine point nine nine percent of the work for all these events. And uh, it is really, really something special. We talk about street by street, block by block, one by one, taking care of each one of those individual people in our community. Global Diplomatic is really at the forefront of being an ambassador for not only the LAFC community, but just for being good folks. And so the best way to follow them is on Twitter, correct? Uh, yeah, they have Twitter. They have Instagram as well, too. If you search Global Diplomatic Humanitarian Relief, uh, you'll find them on, on virtually every social media platform. And most of the information gets out that way. It will, of course, be retweeted uh, and rebroadcast by folks like D9U, uh, of which the Aguirre's are members of. Um, and of course, shoulder to shoulder podcasts. And we typically reach out to the pod fam in order to get that information out as well, too, because it's so important that we take advantage of these moments when all of the hard work, all the coordinating, the organizing, the paperwork, all the difficult stuff is done by Global Diplomatic and the Agate family. All you have to do is just show up and help out. Um, it makes it very, very easy for us in the community to have a very big impact. And I would strongly encourage all your listeners to take part in that. Because it's just too important that work. Agreed. Agreed. Thank you, brother, for sharing it on our show tonight. It's absolutely critical. Just one more thing that we really do need to focus on a little bit more as times are as hard as they are. So thank you, brother, for that. Um, on a, on a, and it is a light note, right? We're helping people. It's a good thing. That's, that's why we, well, that's one of those pillars of LAFC. It's, mm -hmm. it's community. So thank you for, for walking the walk, sir. Same to the Aguirre family and Global Diplomatic. Absolutely amazing. Uh, that being said, we always jump on some lighter stuff as well. And that would be, <laughs> of course, the Black and Gold Vinyl Club Minute. And we've been jumping around and everybody's been doing their thing. <laughs> well, Jonathan got to us and said, you know what? I'm going to take it to another level. And so, Jonathan, you have the floor, sir. It is the Black and Gold Vinyl Club Minute. Go for it. 
avid vinyl collector listener. Um, I got a few hundred vinyls here behind me. Um, very, very carefully curated selection over my life. So I wanted to take you guys through a bit of an emotional journey taught in, in vinyl form for you guys tonight. So I think if you were to go with my immediate emotional response right after each of these last two games, my first thought was to reach out to the good folks at Slayer for the album, God Hates Us All. Because I was in a pretty dark place coming out of those albums um, uh, and coming out of those games uh, and had me thinking about an album that is just pure rage and thinking that the fates were against us. But uh, I remembered we got Romero in back and he is our Pink Floyd the Wall there um, in order to help kind of keep stuff together back there. And I was really trying to take a more optimistic tone. Um, and in thinking about community work and thinking about the grander LAFC moment, and also just uh, turning you guys on to some really fun, good music. Um, I really think that LAFC um, can't get much more down than we've been down to begin this season. So at this point, it's only upwards from here. Uh, we're starting to see players gel together. We're starting to see some of Bob's football ideas get worked out on the pitch. And we're starting to get to a point where LAFC is a bit more of a rising force. So the album that we have for you today is one of the most legendary albums for anyone who's ever played guitar out there. Uh, this is from the legendary Swedish guitar player, Ingve Johannes Malmsteen. Uh, this was his debut release, uh, Ingve Malmsteen's Rising Force, uh, which is an album he wrote and produced when he was 17 years old. Uh, Ingve Malmsteen is hands down the greatest guitar player who ever lived. Um, I will go ahead and take all y'all's feedback about all the great people whose names you've heard of. <laughs> all the Claptons and Hendrix and all that out there. Here's what I want you to do right now. Go ahead, pop over to that little YouTube search box and type in Far Beyond the Sun. And you will see Ingve Malmsteen come up for Far Beyond the Sun and just watch this man play guitar and what he was doing at 17 years old. He is the fastest, the most technically accurate and gifted guitar player the world has ever seen. He might not have a style that you're into. His style is neoclassical. Um, so it's sort of like a combination of a heavy electric guitar and classical music. But his skill is unparalleled. And Rising Force is one of the most famous guitar albums out there. If you've never had a chance to listen to Ingve and Rising Force, I hope it echoes the mentality of LAFC going forward. Uh, he is so good at guitar. The famous guitar player from ACDC, probably the greatest rhythm guitarist ever, was Malcolm Young. Uh, sadly, passed away a few years back. Uh, but Malcolm said when he first got a hold of the Rising Force album and listened to it for the first time, it made him want to use his guitar as a coffee table. Uh, and that just speaks to how good Ingve is at guitar. He has a brand new album that actually just came out two days ago, Parabellum. So he is still releasing music. Uh, that album is currently top 10 in 31 countries, has hit number one in seven different countries. He is huge in the international music scene, um, but not really well known outside of guitar circles here in the United States. Uh, he is coming on tour for this album. He'll be here in Los Angeles in December. And if you want to go see the greatest guitar player who ever lived, uh, you get a chance to go see Ingve Malmsteen play coming up uh, this December in L.A., and he is absolutely otherworldly good at playing guitar. It is insane. But Rising Force, go check it out. It's a great album. Dang. There it is. Well said, brother. I think he just upped the game when it comes to the Vinyl Club Minute. I, I think. I think he just took it to that twist the levels on a good day. 
right? Yeah, you did. There it is. There it is. Yeah. Rising towards next people. Week. Look at this man. Look at this Tony, man. You got pressure next week. Shirtless. Oh, no. Well, I mean, it, when the minute you do stripes, like you use animal print on a jacket, yeah, you better be able to play the guitar. Just, just thinking. <laughs> you got to stand out a little bit. That's good. It's beautiful. It's awesome. Thank you, Jonathan, for that. All right. So we are now, wow, pretty deep into the episode. So guess what we're going to run into? That's right. The preview, preview, preview. Let's get into it. So we are playing Minnesota. That's right, folks. We're playing Minnesota on Wednesday. Uh, their run of form has been pretty good. So I'm going to throw it over to you, Tony. Give me a setup. What's going on in Minnesota? Where are they at so far this season? Less honestly, like I usually I talk about like how they've been doing the last five games. But honestly, let's just talk about the last two games. They beat <laughs> Seattle and they beat Portland. So yeah. if you want to form a season, they're beating the people who we have trouble with. We have, they, they, they're grinding it out. They like Bam will go into more into the game of what happened in Portland, but that's, that's literally all we have to talk about right now is the last two games. They beat Seattle and they beat Portland. Let's go from there. <laughs> yeah. And Portland or, or Seattle usually has their number. They mm-hmm. do. I think this is the first time they've actually <laughs> taken them out. So uh, good on Minnesota. They're in form. Guess what, guys? We got something to deal with this week. Uh, now, Tony, who do you think really stands out for them? Who are the guys we got to look out for? Uh, I'm going to butcher his name right now just because it's like I have to like <laughs> literally. I'm like, if everyone knows me, like some 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 words with some players are a little bit harder for me to say, but literally it's their their striker clove. I think it is. I'm, I, correct me if I'm wrong, but number th- number thirteen, I think it is on the team. Uh-huh. Uh huh. Oh, lo- uh, sorry, not club club load. You mean load load? load. Yes, yeah, yeah, Robin see? load. See, this is what I said. <laughs> so load. he plays more right mid, right? Like yeah. he's kind of on the the wings out there. Yeah, but yeah, he's dude. He's He's on something. He's right deadly, now. man. Like, there's times when you look like he's kind of on another planet doing th- stuff, but then he always finds a way. He's one of those type of players. Just finds a way in grinder moments uh, to yeah, burn you. Burn you. Um, yeah, without a doubt. Uh, there's also a yeah, notable name coming into town. Go for yeah, Jonathan. killer shot, right, Jonathan? Oh. Jonathan, who else is coming to town that we're all familiar with? Well, of course, Tyler Miller coming back. Tyler Miller. We loved Tyler Miller. We got rid of him to bring in Kenneth Vermeer. Not probably one of the greatest choices we have made in the history of this club. Tyler Miller has really stepped it up this year. He's only given up seven goals in 10 games. He has always been a player that we saw on the uptick. But I think the Sissonega v. Tyler Miller conversation just put him in a pretty bad mental space when he was here in L.A., and since moving to Minnesota, certainly this year, he's been doing absolutely phenomenal. Tyler Miller is all the things we saw from him when he was here with LAFC. Uh, an amazing ability to go vertically up left and right. He can drop down on shots that are to his ankles to either side very quickly. He's a little bit better to his left than his right, as we saw when he was with LAFC. But if you're shooting the ball near his ankles or near his shoulders, you're not getting in. Uh, He has a great ability to go up 
and stop those rocket shots over his head. So when we look at the wonder Golazos like Vela scored a couple games ago, you know, Tyler Miller's a keeper that's a little bit better known for going up and getting those. His distribution's not great. His ability to get down and far to the side on the ground are not great. And those are the things we've already known about him. Zach Abdel, I'm sure, has all of these conversations with our players going into the game. But, of course, our boy Tyler Miller is going to be back. Let's welcome him with open arms. Uh, he gave heart for us when he was with us. Uh, definitely someone that, you know, probably had to go to better his career and good on him for that. But he's having a fantastic year this year for us. Uh, not like the 2018 year he had with us, which was a little bit rough. But 2019 with us, when he saw about half as many goals go in as he gave in the year previous, we really saw a lot of promise from him. Ultimately, I think with Bob's ideas to play out the back, we went with Cisniega, who was a little bit better at that. Ultimately, didn't really work out for him as well, too, and we're in a much better place for ourselves with Romero at the moment. Um, but hats off to Tyler Miller. He's having a fantastic season. Without a doubt. He is definitely a bounce-back year for him. Um, injuries last year, things weren't going so great for him. They had a young kid step up for them, but now it's his, whole, it's his role. He's got that now. Now, the system that they play probably does benefit his preferences. As we know, he's not known for being the most aggressive keeper, not one that likes to come out a whole lot. We've known that forever. So the system they play, basically, it is going to be the 4-2-3-1. I know we love that system, don't we, guys? Um, so you're going to have basically Coleman and Debassi as your center backs, Gaspar as a left back, Mentonier as your right back. Watch out for him. He can be very aggressive from that position. Uh, your de defensive mids, Dotson and Trap. Uh, left on the left, you have Hansen on the right. It's Robin Lode. Yeah, watch out. That means uh, Plastos or whatever. Edwards, better be careful. Um, and then uh, who now? Right? Who now? I, I always mess up the name. Uh, will be your 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 center forward. I know, mess that up every time. Now, <laughs> their system is definitely going to be built more. I think on the counter when they play against us, it just makes more sense in the hard breakouts. They can play low if they need to. They can absorb for long periods of time if they need to. They're good at that. They're set up that way. Uh, but at the same time, they can bomb wing play on you like crazy. So they can be very deadly. And right now, as Bam said, they're in form. Bam, what did they do the last match? Well, the last match, they played their 4-2-3-1, uh, had a 2-1 two win, two win over Portland. A couple of the highlights was... Um, Timbers taking the lead thanks to a identical Mora goal against us. Um, mm. Then the next goal came in the 74th minute with an equalizer header to Gaspar. And then finally Lod in the 85th minute with the winner from a beautiful pass that cut through the defense. A couple right of the, the gut, right? beautiful up That's the gut. Yeah. Yeah. A couple of the stats that came out was possession. They were up 56 to 44. Shots twenty-eight to eight. They like taking shots at goals. Their, their shots at goals were twenty-eight to eight. On goal was only six. I was going to say they like to take a lot of shots. There's not so many of them that are on goal, though. <laughs> no, <laughs> but you got to take shots to get them on goal, though. So you're saying that if uh, you're in the Wonder Wall, there's a good chance of a concussion? Yeah. <laughs> so thirty yeah. fifty-two. Keep your head Man, I mean, load hits the ball as hard as he can and with very little accuracy. <laughs> Might end up landing in Carson one day. Who knows? You never know. <laughs> oh, God. oh, wait, he's not he's he's not too big of a name for that. Sorry. 
No, no, no. I mean, the ball might land there. <laughs> oh, I was amazing say, accuracy. I was yes, say, yes. But... Not, not the player. No, he doesn't quite fit there. He, he actually has spirit and guts and heart and all that other stuff. And, um, yeah. Why are we talking about those guys? But just yeah. saying. Um, it's it's, it's a lead yeah. up to two hundred. <laughs> oh, definitely a lead up to two hundred. Yes, and that's happening. Yes, rivalry week. People will be episode two hundred. Oh, yes, gonna be good. I know yeah, John is like, done. what? I didn't know that. Yeah. <laughs> gonna happen, people. He just, yeah, he just, eyes got bright down there. I see you, brother. You're going to be a part. Don't worry. Don't worry. The fam's going to be a part of that. Uh, we'll talk about that later, though. We're in this game, and uh, it's going to be interesting. So they get a win against Portland. They get a win against Seattle. They're they're finding themselves. They were rated. Let's be honest. They were rated before the season started as being a team that had brought in new talent or improving upon themselves and were supposed to be something legit. And then they fell flat on their faces to begin the season. And everybody's like, these guys are an embarrassment. They're terrible. Like, all their signings aren't working out. It was like this instant, like, turn on them, right? Mm-hmm. Quietly, while everybody's looking away, ignoring what Minnesota's doing, they found a way to find what works in their system. What's wild is their bench is going to also be pretty decent. This is their lineup now. But they've got guys on the bench that technically should have probably been the starters if things had worked out early in the year. But now you just have a bunch of hungry, angry players coming off the bench that got something to prove. They have depth because of this. It's going to be a very dangerous team to deal with, something that we're not used to, to be real. Their standings where they're sitting is not accurate as the way they're playing. They are going to climb up the standings. Deal with it. The question for us, being a side that seems to be struggling with teams on the right side of the standings, is how are we going to approach this team and what we're going to do against them? Because it isn't going to be the case of somebody having to adjust to us. We're now dealing with a team that they we have to adjust to them because they are deadly. They are going to be a team that challenges and presses us for periods of time and can absorb and counter us. So very different feel for this game. You're going to see a much more competitive and difficult match. If we're up for it, you're all in for, for, for golden, a golden event to watch. If we're not up for it, I think we're going to have a very angry episode 196. So I'm going to hand this one off to uh, Jonathan. Jonathan, what is your takeaways for this match? I think it all comes down to what our starting 11 looks like and and what Bob's football ideas are going to be going into this match because this is a very different opponent than we faced this weekend. Uh, It's a midweek game. It's a quick turnaround. So, again, there's probably going to be a slightly different starting 11 than we saw on Saturday. So what exactly is Bob going to try to do to counteract a team that we know can absorb and counter? Uh, a team that we know has a prolific striker and load up front, a team that we know has the kind of height to be able to take advantage of corners against us. So I'm very interested to see what Bob's decision is and what idea he uses to counteract this. And I think that just like in this game on Saturday is going to be really what dictates that first half. And as we saw a couple days ago, that's Ultimately, what decided the game was that first half. So really interested to see how Bob stacks us up against him. Um, I think we're really going to have to rely on some speed in those outside backs. Um, I don't think we're going to see Edwards get as far forward. I think Moon is going to be the one that commits forward. I really think Edwards is going to probably hang back a little bit. I wonder if once again he pivots the midfield to have two at the back, one at the front, or if he goes with two at the front, one at the back, how he looks to kind of 
create and fill those spaces with regards to a midfield that was fairly congested over the course of this last weekend. And maybe having the two defenders, one attacker gives us a little bit more chance to kind of split those channels as opposed to obviously attempting to just play down the outside like we had been in the few games before that. So really interested to see what idea Bob puts out there in that first half and exactly how that dictates the match. But boys, curious to hear your thoughts. Good, good take. That's for sure. With what you said, uh, I like, I like the thought. One thing I'm thinking is maybe the approach that we saw in the first half against Kansas city, the SKC approach might be what we see for this match. There's a lot of similarities where we need to limit what's coming from their distribution in the middle. In this case, they have two DMS and, and, uh, yeah, trouble there. Uh, we, we had Busio last time we had to deal with, maybe this is a situation where you could see the two drop in the one high just to handle the five man system, because this is something that's always been the crux for us. Right. Mm-hmm. But that first half against KC to me was probably the, one of the best I've ever seen using that type of play. So I'm thinking maybe we're on that, on that wavelength as well. Tony, where are you at on this? What's your take for this match? Um, it's like I said, the, like just hop it on because it's the same thing with Kansas city. Like, you know what I mean? We just have to shut down what we need to do. The, the benefit of this game though, that I, I do like that we're, facing minnesota after seattle and portland is we don't have a game saturday so we can technically go all out because we don't have that mid game like we have to play sat come back play saturday or play sunday so that is a good thing but again it comes back to at this point honestly what is bob going to show us you know what i mean and it's not even in in our in our in our forwards or in midfield it's our back four And that's the question mark at the moment, which honestly shouldn't be a question mark because we technically should have the best defensive presence of the whole league. You know what I mean? With what we have back there, but we're, we're, like I said, Bob is, Bob's going to Bob. That's the best way to say it. You know what I mean? (laughs) It's depending on where his emotions are at the moment. And if we're going to talk about grass or if we're going to talk about players, but, whatever yeah, I mean, whatever whatever we talk about our back four that's going to be that's going to be where our first half is going to be summed up in right or back five right because the ring yeah, back situation true. yeah for sure bam what's your take sir i think we're going to start with the five three two but play more of a four four two that makes sense mm. so keep so one more conservative be... you could say yeah so what we'll be doing is if they're playing down the right hand side Moon will go up and the rest will move across. Go down the left hand side, Moon will drop back, Edwards go up, rest will move across. That's the way I see that we're going against it. Real talk. I mean, that's legit because, again, I look at the Kansas City approach. How do we do this? Well, we have to deal with Reynoso this game. That's a Twesta's role. Handle Reynoso. Then you have Trap and Dotson, who are their defensive mids. Well, you have to keep them bottled with Blessing, right? And Sifuentes. They could bottle those guys up if you play this way. You have load coming from the right wing or the right mid, which is Edwards' territory or Palacios. Obviously, Edwards can play those moments where he doesn't come up as much, and he plays more of a consistent role of of making that guy get into a foot race, right? Forcing him to be a little more conservative in his approach and bottling him up. Then you look on the right side, and it's Hansen. Well, it's Hansen versus Kim Moon Juan. 
Kim Won wins that battle. I'm sorry, but he does. And he can he can eliminate Hansen on the day by forcing Hansen to continually drop back or drop middle to try to overload and make up for what they're losing on that side of the field. So it almost feels like a clone of SKC, right? Is where we're going to be at. You put Segura and Murillo in the middle, right? They're they're doing it, and uh, you'll be you'll be fine. You'll be fine. Um, I guess Farfan's the other choice, right? I don't think Has Far- to be. yeah, yeah, but Farfan's not even a question mark. Like I said, if he, like again, if you yeah. put him with Edwards, then he'll be comfortable. Then put him fine. with some, yeah. put him with somebody else, then that's where the uh, his uncomfortability comes in. There it is. Okay, so I think we know what we might see. Let's let's hope. The question is, does Vela actually get like to be out there? Because we not Kansas City. That was a little bit of an off situation. Um, I would think this time, hundred percent the right way, right, Jonathan? What do you think? What do you think we're gonna see out there? See out there. I don't know. Vela went the full ninety, right? So I think it's kind of up to him yeah. to determine whether or not he wants to be the super sub or the starter that comes off. I don't think we're gonna see another full ninety from him. Um, so yeah. I think at some point in time, he's either getting subbed out or he's gonna come in late. Um, Again, interesting to see what Bob does in that regard in order to control his minutes. I'm sure an unrestrained Vela would just love to be out there for the full 90, but whether or not we get that from him, you know, sometimes he has a tendency to want to stay on the pitch even long after he's clearly exhausted himself. So I I think it's, you know, look, there has to be some rotation. Uh, Does that rotation happen at the beginning? And then we see subs come in later. Does that rotation happen in the other way? That's That, to me, is going to be what's most fascinating to see uh, and what I'm really, really begging for. My normal score prediction for every single game is LAFC 10, and I don't care about who else, zero. Uh, shouts to the Yankee Gooner. Um, but in this case, I would love to just, just, just get three goals for the first time this year. Uh, and to me right now, it's, it's, it's the fight to three. If we can just make a first game this year, where we score three goals, then I'll be happy. But until that happens, I'm going to continue to point a finger at the offense and say, you guys aren't living up to the billing. There it is. Yeah. Potential, not, not, not harnessed. Let's be real. So good takes, good takes, bam. Final thought before we move on to the comments, sir. Um, one other thing with the last Minnesota game is that they outfouled 19 to 14. So, Mm -hmm. Could it be another scrappy match? Could they be going after Vela, trying to get him out early? I think they might. So I think one thing we have to do over the next couple of days is practice those set shots. We need it all year, but we really need to get it on this time. Throw some throw-ins into the mix too, man. And a few corners while we're at it, please. You mean when the ball is still, we should be practicing these things? Can we can we sign Danny Rojas? I mean, I think he's figured out his issue with penalties and set pieces. Um, I, I would love to see him out there taking some of those free kicks for us. Please, just please. Oh, that might go to the dogs. Oops, did I give something up? Uh, <laughs> if you watch the show, watch season two. I'm just saying. I'm just saying. <laughs> um, it's gone to the dogs, but it is what it is. In a good way. In a good way. Mm-hmm. He's shaking his head at me like, don't mess it up for everybody. It's a good show a good show um i know i'm addicted as well so that's why i kind of geeked out at the moment on the day guys you know uh on to it though uh let's see some comments here because there have been some interesting ones and a good one to talk about gomez jr says i think bob is scared to put in raito at the bank because he's unsure 
what the response of the 3252 will be. My hot take on this is this. If he rushes him in and he's terrible on the day, it's over. It's done. But if he lets him adjust into the system as to what we're already doing, like he did with Kim Moon Juan, right? Rather than leaving him out to dry. Yeah, I, I, I think he's being careful with him. Or they're just working out a deal and he's going somewhere else. Who knows? Who knows? So much going on there. Uh, Gomez Jr. Would a 5-2-3 ever work with just Sifu and a Twista in the mid? Let's be real. If we played a 5-2-3, you know that one of the two would be Mark Anthony K, right? <laughs> holding, right? He's going to have two holding if he does this. That's just yeah. how it works. Do you want that? Not talking smack about Mac, but do you really think that would work? Nah, I don't. Um, what I could see is a 5-2-1-2. Two, two, right? And then you get yeah. your Sifu as a, a withdrawn. That could be what we might see to, what we might see on Wednesday. So yeah, that sounds a little more a little more uh don't you think? Right? That could be what we're looking at. I, I tend to agree with LAFC Vince when it comes to formations. It, it's all just a bit theoretical because the mm -hmm. second the game happens, it's shifting, it's moving. I mean, a five-two-three is basically a three-four-three when you think about how it's actually going to interact. Um, I just I don't see that fitting our personnel. Um, yeah, I just we tend to struggle with clogged midfields, so why would we clog it ourselves? Um, that doesn't make a whole lot of sense to me, but. Even if that's how they lined up at the first whistle, you know, 30 seconds in, it's all going to be something different. So I don't put too much stock in formations. The only one, the only one that you look at is where the assignments fall and what they're looking for. So the wing back play, right? That's consistent. We know yeah. that's what we want out of it. We want the strikers that stay up high, that pressure all the time. We know it's West's job is going to be familiar, right? They don't change. The assignment doesn't change. But yeah, the formations kind of give you an idea where the assignments will be. But you know, LAFC changes things up. So there it is. Finally changes things up. Let's be honest. This is the first year we're actually doing it because otherwise it was, yeah, they're going to have fun in your 4 3 3 and whatever happens, happens. It really felt like that for a very long time. But here we are now. Yeah. Uh, <laughs> Gomez, you're not corrected. It's just philosophy, my brother. That's all it is. <laughs> all right. So uh, thank you, everyone, for the comments. Good stuff. Good stuff. Went a little bit long in this episode, but it was worth it because we have the one and only Jonathan Reimer here in the house doing what he does best. Uh, on that note, of course, the last thing we always do on every episode is our final comment of the day. As far as I know, Jonathan is here, so he's not going. We're not going to burn him early here. We don't. We don't do that. He's going to be kind of hitting the cleanup <laughs> or setup. So. That's right, gentlemen. I know Bam started last time, so Tony, guess what? It is your turn, sir. Final thought of the day. Final thought of the day. I keep going back to my rant, but I'll, 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 I'll go a little bit on the rant, but it's like, if you can't get the shot, if you don't want to, wear a mask. Be part of the community. Don't be part of the problem. But, um, again, thank you. John, for coming on to the show. I love listening to your episodes when I when I get a chance. It's one of those things where to be I listen to like while I'm working. It's one of the one of the things where I'm just laughing. And my father would look at me like, "What are you laughing at?" I'm just like, "Oh, I'm just listening to the podcast and stuff like that." But again, <laughs> thank you for coming on. Um, hope let's get these three points. 
let's not give Tyler Miller a good welcoming, as in let's beat him. But other than that, let's go. Exactly. Exactly. Well, well said, sir. So that means it brings it on to Bam while he's watching mm-hmm. the Olympics. Go for it, sir. Go for it. Um, again, thank you, Jonathan, for coming on. It's been a pleasure as always. I expect Joseph, I expect to hear you yelling at Tyler or game, putting him off his game. And after the game. <laughs> I know you I like mean. to do that. I know you like to do that. I expect to be able to hear you on the field mics when I'm watching the game. Um, I did try to guys. bet. I will say, because you said it, I actually did try to get the current the keeper for uh, <laughs> for Vancouver. I said if we score three, I get your gloves. Like I was going after him a lot on that, just messing with him, just goofing <laughs> off. But yeah, I like I have fun with the yeah. keepers. That's for sure. Yeah, yeah. you got to have fun with the keepers. Um, remember, everyone that goes to games, drink responsibly. If you like me, you like to have a little bet on the games, gamble responsibly. And just go out and have fun and get three points. Yeah, we get an MGM sponsor. There it is. I'll take it. I'll take it. <laughs> Art of brought to you by Bet Eight One Eight. All right, yeah. <laughs> you get one of those like Hannah tattoos on my back, like the boxers used to get, right? Yeah, exactly. <laughs> Not happening. <laughs> Bam, maybe. Uh, cross, Bam might cross do the that. We'll cross the... There I'll it is. Get, get on the head. <laughs> Or we will see that watch. <laughs> watch, we will. Any other thoughts, Bam, before I completely hijack your final thought of the day? No, just go out, have fun, and let's get the three points. Thank you, brother. Good stuff, man. Okay, Jonathan, no pressure, sir, but this is your final thought of the day. All right, here's my final thoughts of the day. Football is life, but sometimes football is death. But sometimes football is football. But mostly, football is life. <laughs> uh, and Dang. thank you, gentlemen, so, so much for having me on. Uh, it's been an absolute pleasure. I have listened to every single one of these episodes and will continue to do so. This is such a beautiful slice of the LAFC experience. The show is beyond educational. Uh, Joseph, I've said it before. I will say it again. You are one of the smartest football minds in the black and gold community. We are blessed to have you. Uh, Thank you so much for your continued support of LAFC, uh, for your support of my work with the Ontario Fury, uh, and for your support of Shoulder to Shoulder as well, too. And uh, for all of you out there, Ontario Fury season tickets are on sale right now for about seven bucks a game. You can come join us. And uh, for those of you who don't get to attend the match, uh, Philly and I have been brought back on to be the TV play-by-play for next season as well, too. So we'll be seeing you somewhere as well. So thank you for supporting Ontario Fury. Thank you for supporting Shoulder to Shoulder. Please continue to support Heart of LAFC podcast. And thank you, gentlemen, for having me. My brother. That was one hell of a... Yes. Yes, ma'am. Go for it. Go for it. (laughs) Jonathan, how would international people be able to watch you at the Ontario Fury Games? Oh, my God. Um, So I I believe the contract for next season's broadcast is still up in the air. Uh, This past season, because of COVID, we were forced to sell the rights through Facebook because there were no ticketed fans. So the league had to bring in money somehow every season prior to that, it was free on YouTube to watch the games. So I believe with fans being back in the stands, it's going to be free again for you to watch on YouTube uh, paid for by our sponsors of which there are some great ones out there, but I am not a hundred percent sure. We have three brand new commissioners that came in and just took over MASL 
So our old commissioner has stepped down. Three people have taken over the new role. And I have not exactly seen yet how that's going to be broadcast. But please follow Ontario Fury on all your social media accounts uh, or Philly, uh, of course, uh, from Defenders of the Bank, who, by the way, shouts to Philly. Philly is making his first ever North End appearance on Wednesday. So if you are in the 3252, make sure you fire those cups in the direction uh, of Chris. No, please hold on to your cups, people. All right. Um, Philly is going to get his first ever North End experience this week. So I'm very excited to be hosting him for that. Uh, My partner in broadcast crime. So should be very interesting. But believe me. You will see it shouted from all of my various social media outputs uh, once we find out where those games will be able to be seen. But good question, Bam. Thanks, dude. It's quite literally a moon landing here with defenders with 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 Philly in the north end. Oh my word, that's a. I want to know where he's at now. <laughs> yeah, where are my beer showers going? That's where my beer shower is going. There it is. Beautiful. Thank you, brother, for everything, Jonathan. Uh, another amazing night featuring the most important things right we've got our community aspect in there dude lessons in music this was good this was good mm-hmm. uh love for the ontario fury which is my getaway i always told you guys when i was president that was where i went to go escape and just watch a game without after answering 27 questions on the day <laughs> yeah that's the beauty of the fury just going to have a good time so again Jonathan, you're the man. Thank you very much for all that you've done, all that you continue to do. There it is, Fury. <laughs> He's everywhere. He does everything. Jonathan is a busy, busy man. He's He'll be busier man. this year. Trust me. Go say hi to him in Christmas Tree Lane. It's worth it. The conversation and the scarves are on, on point, so make it happen. Um, for the rest of my crew, Bam, thank you, brother. Tony, thank you, brother. Fledgling Capo. Killed it last game. Well done, brother. <laughs> don't don't feel oh, no no, dude. You, you're doing it right. Keep it up. Keep it up. Uh, for the rest of our amazing audience and the community, thank you for your continued support as we march towards episode 200. Yes, 195 looks like it's in the book. It'll keep going. We'll keep expanding. We'll keep sharing it with the rest of the podcast community as you see in the next few episodes. You'll see a few surprises as well. Philly might be in, he might be uh, appearing in more than just the North in the coming weeks. Just telling you that right now. And so that's where I'm going to be at guys. Do everything you can get to the game. If you can, I know midweeks tend to be hard, but get there. They need your support like crazy right now. Do it, make it happen. And of course, at the end of the day, y'all want to say to the guys, stay Stay golden, golden, listening to the heart of LAFC. Make sure to leave us a rating and review on iTunes or Stitcher. Shoulder to shoulder, the black and gold is taking over.